This is Andy Isabella, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and this will be the Week 12 DFS walkthrough and breakdown pod. I uh, hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Everybody was healthy and happy, or, you know, um, got to see your families, or if not, you at least got to you know, get some time away from your family. <laughs> um, it's an awesome, awesome week for me, man. I am running hot right now. I've shot two axis deer in the last two weeks, two axis bucks uh, here in central Texas in the beautiful hill country. And so I think that that means it'll be a big DFS week. So um, we will go through the go through the plays. Yo, Austin Gibbs, Juarez, your problem. Ronald Martinez, what's up all you guys? You guys missed the opening part, man. I shot two axis bucks in like the last six days. So I'm running hot. Um, let's talk about the plays. Let's talk about how we handle this slate. And oh, yeah, sorry about the background too. It's just uh I don't have all my all my stuff up. So if you've ever wondered how things look in my office behind that thing, very, very amazing setup. All right. Well, and it's like let me just start out by saying that I I um I'm glad that I was a little bit behind this week with having to you know I didn't I didn't my family left and they went up to be with my wife's family I've just been here alone but like I mentioned I've been out hunting I've been out fishing and um I I was just I was a I was a little bit behind and so I was a little bit worried coming into Friday when I started making the tools for the main slate, you know, I had all this to catch up on. And then I'm just like, I'm glad I didn't, I'm glad I didn't get a bunch of, you know, cock maybe new ideas and stuff because everything has been turned over on his goddamn head. Um, all over the course of, you know, even this morning we got more news, you know, we get two really big pieces of news this morning that kind of, kind of changed the slate. Yeah. I just, I just saw that Austin Gibbs is saying on the chat that we do have John Brown moving to IR and that'll be something we talk about. I'm not as into the Gabriel Davis play this week. Look, let's just, let, let's just get into the games. Okay. So we have Tennessee at Indy. This game opened up as a 49 and a half point total. It's now to 51 and a half. Indy opened up as four and a half point favorites. They are now three point favorites. 58% of the tickets are on the Titans along with 84% of the money. 51% of the tickets are on the over, but only 26% of the money on the over. So if we, that's that's a that's significant. The sharps like the under in this game, which is weird because it's moved from 49 and a half to 51 and a half. I think what's happening is once it got to 51, 
maybe 51 and a half, they started, they started pounding the under. So I wouldn't be surprised to see this thing move back down a little bit tomorrow. It's still like this week's good. This week's kind of like some of the weeks have been in the recent past. We have a bunch of these 50 plus point games and we just have to pick our spots. Okay. So, um, crap, man, you know what? I should have pulled up the matchup tool before I, before I started, but, um, Derrick Henry's in a spot a lot like he was in last week against a matchup that's tough on paper that might not necessarily be as tough because remember last week we played Derrick Henry. I know it took to the very end for him to get there in, in, in overtime when he had the walk-off touchdown, but, but I mean, it, it felt good, right? And that's what, you know, we're getting close to December. Um, that's what Derrick Henry, that's what Derrick Henry does this time of year is he takes over football games and he gets stronger as the game goes on. But remember, no Brandon Williams, no Calais Campbell for the Ravens. We said, look, this might not be as daunting a matchup. People aren't going to be on Derrick Henry. We can think about it. Well, now that we look at the Indianapolis Colts, just taking a look at their defense, DeForest Buckner and Danico Autry both tested positive for coronavirus. Um, Danico Autry was placed on the on the COVID list last week, but he's not going to play this week. And DeForest Buckner was placed. I'm sorry, DeForest Buckner was placed on the COVID-19 list. He now is going to miss this week, and he's in danger of actually missing week 13. So all of a sudden, you have your you have your stud defensive tackle and one of your stud run-stuffing run defensive ends. It's starting to look kind of good for Derrick Henry here in this spot. And I, I know that some people are excited about playing, uh, you know, playing the you – know, playing the um, – Oh, do you know what else? But Bobby Okariki's out too. So one of their good run stuffing, one of their good run stuffing linebackers. Uh, you have Darius Leonard, who's more of the kind of sideline to sideline prowler, but uh, Okariki who can really come downhill. That's another thing. I I, I like Derrick Henry this week, and I'm going to play him uh, in some some of my tournaments. Uh, it'll be easy to play a lot of you know, or at least a few more tournament lineups than I do. You guys know I like to play cash games, but uh, this week I noticed on DraftKings there's a $10 millionaire maker. So why not, why not toss, you know, why not toss um, 10, 10, 20 lineups in there? And if, if I do, I will, uh, I'm, some, some, I'm certainly going to have a, a bunch of Derrick Henry. Uh, not as interested in the passing game. I don't think Henry's going to be popular, so I'm not even going to entertain the idea of maybe um, – you know, maybe like when we get to Dalvin Cook, we could talk about the idea of maybe, you know, playing Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson instead. Now, Jefferson's going to be chalked too. Here, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. We need to talk about the other side. All right. So on, on Indianapolis, um, so Jonathan Taylor was placed on COVID-19 list. He's going to miss week 12. So we know what that does. That opens things up for Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines. I know that pro I was doing the Vegas tool at roster watch as the news. I got the news on the fantasy life app about Jonathan Taylor. I was doing the Vegas tool. And as I was doing it, the lines got taken down for the, um, for the Colts. But before they got taken down, Jonathan Taylor had a two and a half reception prop. Naheem Hines had a four and a half reception prop in this game. So to me on DraftKings, I think he's 4,700. Naheem Hines, I'm going to have to go in on the cheat sheets and add him in. Um, 
all of a sudden we have you know pivots off of Brian Hill that was looking like he was we're going to be forced to play Brian Hill and going to Brian Hill chalk week like just like we did last year versus Carolina when he was just epic bust. I'm not saying it's Brian Hill will be an epic bust this year, but we do you do have to remember that stuff. Um, situation a little different this year, I think, too, for Brian Hill. Again, I'm way off. Uh, I'm I'm way off. I'm supposed to be talking about Indianapolis. I like Naheem Hines. I like Jordan Wilkins. I, I like Naheem Hines better because if you watch these games, man, they script Naheem Hines in as a guy that's like getting featured to start the football games. And um, sometimes like last week, you know, after the first script, I think Frank Reich says he scripts the first 15 plays. Then after that, it's up to the, what is it? It's either, at some point in time, after the script is up, they go with the hot hand. And so, and so they've wanted to script Naheem Hines in to get more early work. I think if that's the case, this is a good matchup for – it's a good matchup for them to do it. Uh, you have, um, have uh, Jayon Brown, who would generally operate in the portion of the field that would, that would defend a guy like Naheem Hines. He's out after he had the uh, elbow fracture in week 11. So a little bit of a matchup problem there. Problem there. I like Naheem Hines. I think I think even I'm just trying to think. I, I, I do want to play Derrick Henry. How can I cheaply play Derrick Henry and still manage to maybe play Dalvin Cook? Well, I can play Naheem Hines on the other side of a bringback. I can maybe play Michael Pittman on the other side of a bringback. I could play a $3,900 T.Y. Hilton who has a. I mean, T.Y. Hilton has a. I understand that none of these guys have anything more than a 16% target share. Um, but T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, both of them, I think I think they could be in play, especially if – do we know about Zach Pascoe? Uh, whether he – so he's questionable. But he has a knee and a foot. He hadn't practiced. So that would be um, that would be my recommendation there. I really like Naheem Hines. Um, and that just opened up today. I, I, I would not have been on him before, but it makes me more interested in the Derrick Henry stuff. All right. Carolina and Minnesota. So we get right into the Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook stuff. Uh, 50 over under. Uh, after opening is 48 and a half. We have the Vikings as three-point favorites. They open up as four-point favorites. 60% of the tickets are on the over, but only 21% of the money. So this is another deal where the line has moved up a little bit. It looks like once it got to a certain point, like 50, we have Sharps coming in, betting the under. I don't expect this to continue moving up. 54% of the tickets are on um, Minnesota, along with 31% of the money. Uh, so I'm looking at the uh, chat here. Yeah, so you guys like Hines. Anthony J. Cabellas is saying, I think Taylor outspeeds this game up a few ticks. And it's not, it wasn't a game that needed to be speeded up a few ticks. What, we, what, what people fail to realize is that Tennessee, you think they just want to grind the games down with Derrick Henry and stuff. They don't. They're, they're a fast-paced team that runs a bunch of plays, just like India's. It was one of the plays that identi- Pat Thorman identified over to establish the run this week as one of this week's fastest-paced games. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I like it. Carolina and Minnesota. Minnesota, another team that helps others to uh, speed up. We can uh, – Ronald Martinez, I mentioned Wilkins. I, I think I'd rather pay up on DraftKings um, from from forty from 4,000 to 4,700 um, just because of the pass-catching upside. He had a – Hines had a four-and-a-half reception prop before they took the indie props off of the board this this morning. I, th- I, th- I think he could go big. Um, 
so okay, Minnesota. Everybody, everybody knows um, Dalvin Cook's the best play on the board. He has a hundred and fourteen point five yard rushing prop this week, which is just, I mean, uh, the people, they, they think he's going to go absolutely nuclear. And Carol, Carolina hasn't been quite as bad um, thus far, or hasn't recently this season as they were to start the year versus opposing running backs, but they are, to, holy shit, Austin Eckler is going to be available. So we'll talk about that in a while. Um, thanks to the fantasy life app for that. If you don't have the fantasy life app, go and download it. It's like, you're crazy not to, it's free and you're going to, it's going to, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help you make quick, quick pickups in your, in, in, in your leagues. I was able to go pick up Jordan Wilkins and you know, two of my leagues before anybody else did when I got the Jonathan Taylor news. Um, okay. And then we, the, another thing looks like, oh my God. The Ravens just placed six more players on the reserve COVID list. DJ Fluker, Jalen Ferguson, Will Holden, Broderick Washington, Tavon Young. Okay, so here's – I'm sorry uh, this is all over the place, but news just – when news comes in, we got we have to talk about it. Um, so Eckler has been activated. Six new players after there were already, what, six for the Ravens already? And well, so – and we had more news for the Steelers today that they had more players on the COVID list. So that means I wouldn't for you season long, for season long players, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too sure that Raven Steelers even happens on Tuesday. That is not a good development on a, on a, on a Saturday. Uh, we'll see. If, I mean, they're going to need to have two. They're going to need to have no new tests on Sunday and Monday. And that's the biggest rash of new positives that I think I've heard of all season, six new players. So I hope they can get that shit under control, man. Um, we don't, we don't need any cockamamie business like that. Um, and then Irv Smith has been downgraded from, from, from doubtful doubt. Okay. Um, so, Dalvin Cook's minus 400 to score this week. If that, that, that means for you guys who – I know most of you guys know what that means. But if we – if you went to a casino and you said, hey, sportsbook guy, I think that Dalvin Cook's going to score a touchdown this week, he would say, okay, give me $400. And if Dalvin scores, you can come back. I'll give you 400 bucks back, and I'll give you $100 on top of that. It basically means it, it's it, – it's the biggest. It's the it's the most touched. It's the best touchdown odds anybody's had all season. Prior to this, the most I had seen all season was Aaron Jones in the hilariously in the week that he didn't score. Not this week. Not this last week. But the week prior, he was minus three thirty five. Minus four hundred is the best touchdown odds that we've seen all season. So, I, I mean, I'm paying up for Dalvin Cook. I I can't believe how well he's running. I can't believe how good he looks. We have Adam Thielen, who I'm not sure if he's going to be able to get off of the COVID list in time for tomorrow. Uh, we'll probably get word about that at some point, maybe even during the stream here. Uh, so Justin Jefferson really, really opens up and looks like a great play. Um, I, I, you know, if you wanted to fade Dalvin in big tournaments, I guess it's probably fine. But the problem is, it's like the direct leverage off him will be playing Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson and Justin Jefferson by all the all the ownership 
um, projections I look at, it looks like he'll be a top like two to three owned wide receiver. So you're really getting that much leverage off of anybody. I'm not entirely sure. I think maybe the way that you could do it is by playing Robbie Anderson on the other side. Now that we know that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be back. You could also play DJ Moore. You could play Curtis Samuel. You could play Mike Davis. I'm, I'm, I think that people will be interested in playing Dalvin Cook as a one-off, but since they're not going to want to play Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson in the same lineup, they're probably not going to be stacking that game. So, I, look, everybody's been able to get right about Minnesota. Um, Robbie Anderson has the highest rece- rece- receptions prop of DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, or any of them. He has the highest receiving yards prop. The problem with Robbie Anderson is he has not been scoring touchdowns. This could be a great get get right week. Uh, it's a Teddy Bridgewater revenge game back to Minnesota. Uh, not that he really probably needs that much revenge in Minnesota. Man, that town loved him. I guess before he got he got hurt. Um, but you know, it's a playing against the next team. And then Mike Davis. I mean, no one's going to play Mike Davis. And we saw even Zeke, who looks like he just. I don't even talk about Zeke. Um, just doesn't look like he's any good any, any more behind that bad offensive line. Even he can look great versus Minnesota. So uh, it's another game. That I, it's another game I like. I'm, I'm, I'm going to play. Dal- I'd like to play Dalvin and Derrick Henry if I can, just like I did, just like I did last week. It turned out great. Um, the Chargers at the Bills. I love this game too. There's a lot of games you love, man. It's a weird, weird week. Um, Fifty-two and a half is the total. Again, it feels like sharps are coming in here towards the end, and they're going to keep that thing from going up too much higher. It looks like they're, they've been jumping on the under recently with uh, 75% of recent tickets on the over, but 34% of recent bets. So that thing's going to come back down maybe to 52, something like that. So if you're looking to bet the under in that game, you probably want to get it right now at 52.5. I could see it coming down to 515 Uh the Bills are minus four and a half in this game. 51% of the tickets are on Buffalo, 49% of the money. So it seems like the Sharps are probably right along with the public there as far as the way that they think. We're getting Austin Eckler back. What does he even cost? So, like, See, I don't even know what Eckler costs. For that reason, and I'm a professional you know, football analyst, I don't even know what he costs. 6100 and that means a lot of people don't aren't thinking about Austin Eckler. Do you? Austin Eckler was talking, and this is this is all just like sometimes I just think of things while while I'm on the stream. I haven't thought about this yet, but he was talking about wanting to come back like a few weeks ago, saying he was ready. Do you really think Anthony Lynn is going to bring him back when he's not ready? The ultimate running backs coach. Kalen Bellage is still questionable. Uh, I mean, could there be – I mean, Austin Eckler in a Justin Herbert offense, if he gets, you know, what he was getting in week one and week two, like 19 rushing attempts and, you know, four targets, <laughs> you know, like this kind of stuff, That I mean, in that offense – I love I, I love this. I love this. I, oh, and I, I like Anthony Jake Jacobella saying he was squatting 405 last week. That's what that's four plates on each side. I couldn't do that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think Anthony Jacobellis could do it either. Maybe Ronald Martinez could 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 do it. 
Um, okay, so I mean, Eckler's fine. Uh, of course, Keenan Allen's fine. Keenan Allen, I think he stays away from Tre'Davious White. It's, I mean, Tre'Davious White hasn't been moving into the slot much, but I wouldn't want to play Mike Williams here. Hunter Henry, I noticed had a four and a half reception prop with juice on the over, which is interesting. And then Eckler, I just I think he's going to be like zero point two percent owned or something like that. I think he would be a great, like an awesome tournament play. And with with there not being that many really options there in that, I mean, who else is in in this range? Like, who else are you really thinking about in this in this range? I guess James Robinson. You're thinking about him in this range um, with with running backs right around sixty one hundred. Um, but who else are people thinking about in this range? There's, I mean, there's nobody else. He falls in a really awkward pricing tier. And that makes me think, um, that makes me think that he is going to force you into a different sort of construction than a lot of people are doing. Do what people are going to do. They're going to put in cash. They're going to play, and maybe even in tournaments, there's going to be lots of stars and scrubs lineups, dude. We like we're, we'll let's get to some of the get to some of these super cheap players. One of them's on the other side of this game. It's Gabriel Davis. There's no John Brown in this game. Um, I, I I love Stephon Diggs. If I'm stacking this game, I love playing Herbert, Keenan Allen. Um, uh, in a tournament, I, I'd throw Eckler in there because he, he could do his damage through the air. You wonder, is Herbert going to be dumping it off to his running backs a lot? He's a dude that really loves pushing it down the field. Could we see a little bit of that sort of Joe Burrow phenomenon there with him? Um, I don't – I just – I don't think so. I think that the offense is just better with Herbert. It's This is going to be a game with a with a good, good scoring environment. Uh, offense is interacting with it, each other in a good way. A, an, another one of those fast-paced games, as predicted by Pat Thorman over at ETR. So I just uh, – I think that it's, it's, it's really interesting. And on the other side, Gabriel Davis, Stephon Diggs are, are – and I can't – I don't understand why, but our DFS, um, our DFS model – like Devin Singletary this week. And I'm just going to have to redact him and I'm going to have to put in Naheem Hines instead just because if the model would have known that Taylor would have been out whenever I ran it, it surely would have had Naheem Hines. And I don't, sometimes it just puts in stuff like, you know, if single, just, I'm I'm glad I can say it here on the pod and on the stream that the model likes Singletary. I don't know why. Um, So take that for what it is. If you're listening to this as a supplement, um, did I forget anybody? I mean, Josh Allen, of course. Play Josh Allen if you're playing a bunch of lineups, or play him in cash. I don't care, but you know, it's like my guy Blender says, man, play, 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 play who you want. The Giants at the Bengals. Um, the Giants are six point favorites here. After opening, it was four and a half point favorites. Fifty one percent of the tickets are on the under. Seventy percent of the money's on the under. So the public likes the under. The Sharps like the under, and it's because Brandon Allen is going to be the quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, he might be better than Ryan Finley was last week. I'm not sure. Brandon Allen, I was like he completed only he completed less than 50 percent of his passes last year in three games uh, as the quarterback for the Denver Broncos, and was a guy from his Senior Bowl. I just remember his measurements were really bad with his hand measurements. Um, so, you know, really small 
really small hands. Um, probably better than Ryan Finley. And I mean, if what he was 46% last year, Ryan Finley last week was 30, he was, he was three of 10. I don't have it pulled up. This is all off my head, but I like, um, it might give Tyler Boyd and those guys a, a better shot. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not playing Bengals. Like that whole, I would rather play the Giants on the Giants side. I think Wayne, Wayne Gallman's fine. I think that Sterling Shepard, my guy, Derek Cardi, when I was doing the earlier stream on Roto Grinders was mentioning, that's a guy that his projection system, the blitz likes. Uh, I'm not sure now that we've had Fitzpatrick sort of open up, whether I'm still interested in Daniel Jones in tournaments, but Daniel Jones, um, you could stack him with Slayton or, you know, uh, Sterling Shepard. Nobody's going to be on that anymore. They're going to be on Derek Carr. They're going to be on Ryan Fitzpatrick if they're going down there in the 5Ks. So I can see that being interesting. But, I mean, dude, I'm most interested in the Giants defense. Just give me that Giants defense because that shitty offensive line. The Giants defense has actually been getting better pressure than most people think this year. James Bradbury's been good. Their coverage unit's been good. So I think that, for me, my interest in this game just lies with the Giants defense. Okay, Cleveland and Jacksonville. There's a lot of weird shit in this one. Uh, Cleveland's seven-point favorites. This game is at a 48.5-point total. We have 71% of the tickets are on the over, but only 37% of the money. So what does that tell you? It tells you that sharps are on the under. 61% of the tickets are on the Browns, along with 65% of the money. Okay, so for this one, we have Jacksonville, who's going to be rolling out the fucking the uh, the ostrich himself, Mike Glennon. And who knows what to expect? I have no idea what to expect. I saw my buddy, uh, Matt Kelly, the podfather. I just got his email for his. Um, he sends an email out. So I guess to his uh, I don't know, his mailing list or something like every week. It's a video and his, his uh, video for this is titled. Mike Glennon, DGAF week, he wrote, I have a crazy theory that Mike Glennon will go ham this week, and that helps Keelan Cole smash. Hear more cockamamie theories on the plays of the week show. Rest up the part, father. <laughs> okay. So uh, he, he's, talk, he's talking about that. Um, he's talking about that Mike Glennon smashing or Keelan Cole smashing. And I don't know if that's the case, but I just want to show you guys the Vegas tool real quick. Let me see if I can just show this. And you're never going to fucking believe it because if you look, look here, look at three of the four top values on DK. It's four goddamn Jacksonville Jaguars, LaVisca Chenault, James Robinson, and Keelan Cole. So for their prices, I mean, it actually, these are, these are, these are, Big time, big time values here. Uh, LaVisca Chanel has a four and a half reception, 46.5 yard prop. He's plus 210 to score. James Robinson has a, basically an over-under of 113 total yards. Uh, he's minus 125 to score. And Keelan Cole has a 3.5 reception, 49 and a half receiving yard over-under. He's plus 110 to score. So it's like, if you think about that stuff, oh, uh, let's see. Then share. I want to click stop. So if you think about that stuff, you have to like you have to have some interest, I guess. I think that the, what you do is you play Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt, and then you just run it back with like one of those guys, right? I don't really know. Or um, 
I don't know. I just I don't know if I want to play James Robinson plus one of those dudes or stuff. I'm I don't I don't know if I have interest in putting down American dollars on DraftKings.com and stacking um, pieces of a Mike Glennon offense. But I mean, I just showed you what the value stuff says. I would maybe just pick which one I like best and go with them. Maybe in your non-James Robinson lineups, in which you are playing a Kareem Hunt or a um, Nick Chubb. Bring it back on the other side with a Chenault or a Keelan Cole. I think it can make sense. Clearly, you understand why Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are just in great spots here. Uh, as somebody that's always been a Nick Chubb enthusiast and a Kareem Hunt enthusiast, I've been watching how those backs interact with one another ever since uh, Chubb has come back. I, I keep Kareem Hunt's getting a lot more work at the goal line than Nick Chubb is for sure. The thing about Chubb is through the course of the game, he just, he's, he's the, they're both elite NFL runners, but Chubb's a big, bad, like bruising NFL runner who through the course of games, kind of, it's kind of like Derrick Henry through the course of games, he takes over and eventually he just starts breaking off the big ones. So you can take your, take your choice um, with who you like better. Or, you know, if you're, I don't know, you probably don't want to play in both in a huge tournament. But, um, yeah, Rashard Higgins popped in the DFS model, too. I'm done with Jarvis Landry, man. I, I Maybe I shouldn't, shouldn't be, but this will be a game where we'll finally get to see what this offense looks like post-Odell Beckham, that it's not in a goddamn rain and windstorm. So um, you, can, you can do with that what, what, what you will. Miami at the, New, the 0 and 10 New York Jets. Miami is uh, six and a half point favorites here. Six and four Miami Dolphins, man. Um, 61% of the tickets are on Miami, 66% of the money, 55% of the tickets on the over, 49% of the money. And we just found out earlier today that we get a Ryan Fitzpatrick week. And I like Ryan Fitzpatrick week basically almost as much as I like Derek Carr week that we'll talk about here next. I like it because we have not much like we have not seen a brand, a Baker Mayfield offense post Odell Beckham injury out of the wind and the rain. We have not seen a Miami Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick offense post Preston Williams and Isaiah Ford departure. If that makes sense. And so now, now, we have a concentrated target tree of Devontae Parker, who we know Fitz PP loves, and Jakeem Grant, who's been picking up targets, even though he's so shrimpy, going up against a New York Jets secondary that is still missing all of its starting cornerbacks. It was already bad to begin with. I like that for Mike Gesicki, too. Greg Williams is a piece of shit as a person and he's a bad defensive coordinator and he still plays that angel high safety bullshit. He used to do with Jabril peppers and all these, like it's the same thing. It, it, they, it just leaves, it leaves so much grass open in the middle of the field, up the seam for a guy like, I need to write down that. I like Gasicki. I do like Gasicki. I'm not, I'm not going to forget to play Gasicki whenever I play Fitzpatrick this week. But I like Devontae Parker. I like Jakeem Grant. With the running backs, who the hell knows what's going to – is Miles Gaskin even coming back? 
we, we know the Savon, Savon Ahmed looks like he's not going to go. Miles Gaskin could be back. What are they going to do with Matt Breida? They never even, they won't even give him a run whenever. Um, why did they even, why did they trade for Matt Breida in the draft? I don't know. I don't know what to do with the running backs. I like Fitzpatrick. I like the other guys. And then on the Jets side, we still need to think it's going to be Sam Darnold back. So does Sam Darnold go back to what Sam Darnold did, which is Pepper, the slot wide receiver, which would be Jamison Crowder. Now, if you look at Sam Darnold's actual numbers of guys that he's thrown to, he's actually, I believe that I saw he'd thrown more to Braxton Berrios this year than Jamison Crowder. But that was just during the time when Crowder was out. We know that he peppers Crowder. He just peppers the slot, the guy who's in the slot. Crowder's back healthy. You would think that it's a good matchup. You know, you're going to have Denzel Mims looking to have his Baylor on Baylor matchup. He'll be with he'll be with Xavier Howard. You'll have Rashad Perriman, who will be going up against Byron Jones. And then uh, you get James and Crowder in the slot. It's where it's it's the it's a it's a it's a weak spot for the Miami defense. It wouldn't be if they didn't trade Minka Fitzpatrick. Um. Yeah, I, we said we we're gonna go to this one next, so let's do it. the uh, The Raiders at the the Raiders at the Falcons. So we need to wait on news on Julio. We don't know about Julio yet. Clearly, if he was out, Calvin Ridley would be a great play. It would also possibly open up Calvin Ridley. It would also possibly also open up Olamide Zacchaeus, Christian Blake, and these other assholes that you would see. You know, I remember the Olamide Zacchaeus week. Before, whenever we thought that it was going to be um, it was going to be him that takes took over directly for Julio Jones, that didn't end up being the case. Um, it actually it actually felt like the week that Ridley missed. That was the week that Zacchaeus had his biggest game. But I think it, I, I I think that just what makes most sense with the cheap wide receivers, we, with the guys like Lavisca Chenault, the Keelan Coles, the Gabriel Davises, the Jakeem Grants, the um, the uh, on the Buffaloes, do, do we even talk about on the on whenever we talked about Arizona? No, we haven't talked about Arizona yet. Buffalo, why, why do you think Buffalo, Arizona? Um, no, there's Buffalo Chargers. Um, but we, as we'll talk about when we talk to, about Arizona, New England, um, we'll also maybe have Andy Isabella. There's a lot of these cheap wide receivers. I'm not sure that I'm going to go to this Atlanta game to find mine. No Todd Gurley, so that opens up Brian Hill. You guys just saw the Vegas tool. Brian Hill's cheap. Can you play him? I think probably so. I, I you know, I, I would feel a lot better if we got word tomorrow that Quadre Allison somehow was inactive. I don't think we're going to get that. I remember tilting my face off about, I believe, Quadre Allison last year during Brian Hill week. I didn't like Brian Hill week last time. I'm glad that Naheem Hines has, has come into play here. Um, but that's not to say he's not, he's, you know, he's a point, point per dollar for cash. He's probably, he's probably a good play and your construction could maybe look really good. If you wanted to go Dalvin cheap, cheap, right. Um, at, at, at running back. So, uh, I, I have nothing against playing Brian Hill. I don't, I do think it's kind of weird that people are saying he's as good as Todd Gurley at this point. I know Gurley's fallen off, but I mean, he's not, he's Brian Hill's not, no, no Todd Gurley. He might be a little bit more, he's probably maybe a little bit more effective in the uh, receiving game, but I just worry that 
I, they just love Todd Gurley so much down in the red zone, especially inside the five. You wonder if they have that same feeling about Brian Hill. Okay. The, uh, the other part here, the other piece here, um, uh, I forgot to mention, man, this is a, this is a 54 point over under that opened up as a pick and then now has Vegas as, 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 as three point favorites. Um, for the Raiders, Derek Carr is just an, an epic like spot here. The, the, the Falcons can't stop anybody on the outside. They can't stop tight ends. Darren Waller's the best tight end play on the slate, arguably the best overall play on the entire slate. Um, Derek Carr is a terrific play. Nelson Aguilar, I hate to say it could be a good play there. I'm not going to play Henry Ruggs. He's just not involved enough, but it, I mean, it's, if he, if he's going to get involved, this is the, this is it. Fast track, horrible, horrible secondary. I can't, I just, I can't believe that, you know, you know yeah. Dimitrov just did a bad job with that, with that team. And with, and, and with this last draft, drafting AJ Terrell there at pick 19 or pick 19, pick 16. When did the Cowboys pick? It was the pick before the Cowboys. He should have taken CeeDee Lamb. Julio's looking like he's getting old and CeeDee Lamb could be your next, you know, just that that's when teams get in trouble for picking for need. Um, Waller. Oh, what about Jacobs? The thing about Atlanta, dude, you look at it and they um, Atlanta's. So the matchups here for Las Vegas, this is the number one matchup for opposing quarterbacks. The number two matchup for opposing wide receivers, the number one matchup for opposing tight ends, the number 26 matchup for opposing running backs. And whether that has to do with Grady Jarrett, whether that has to do with Raheem Morris's um, uh, philosophy of wanting to stop the run, whether that has to do with the fact I think I think it has whether it has to do with the fact that it's just so easy to pass on these idiots. Like let's just go ahead and do that. I think like everything else in life, it's probably a mix somewhere in between, and it's just it turns out that you don't. You, running backs haven't done, running backs haven't done much against these guys since Raheem Morris took over as um, as 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 head coach for Dan Quinn. So, what you think to yourself is, will that hold up for Josh Jacobs, or is it more like the way these two offenses are going to interact? Once they're going to they're going to score, and who's to say that they're not going to have a Nelson Aguilar get one down to the five yard line? Josh Jacobs is going to rush it in. I, I mean, those are things that you need to consider and think about outside of just the outside of just the pure matchup. Arizona at the Patriots. The Arizona Cardinals are two point favorites here. This has a forty nine point total. Fifty six percent of the tickets are on the over. Ninety four percent of the money on the over. So people are thinking this this is a shootout. And the funny thing is, no one's going to play Kyler. He's he's too expensive. He's coming off a shoulder injury. You worry about Bill Belichick bottling these guys up. You know Stephon Gilmore's coming back, and you know that Belichick wants to shut down the opposing team's best weapon. I'm not sure he can, but that's what people are going to think. So they're going to think, well, who am I going to pair Kyler Murray with? Who's my bring back option on the other side? I mean, it feels murky now with Sony Michelle coming back. You know, Jacoby Myers had a down game last week versus Houston. Well, how do I stack this game? It's going to lead, you know, with that sort of uncertainty, it's going to lead to lower ownership. And I think that if you want to play Kyler, it's probably probably fine as long as everything we get word everything's checked out okay with his shoulder. Um, Christian Kirk is going to be a, a good. Play. The thing about the the 
Michael Lombardi talks about this, man. Like the thing about the Patriots defense is it's slow. And so a, a fast guy like fast guys like Christian Kirk and then Andy Isabella comes into he comes into consideration for sure. There's no Larry Fitzgerald. You saw in the Vegas tool just a little bit earlier that uh, Andy Isabella has a three and a half reception uh, over under. There's a lot that uh, there's a lot that a guy like Isabella can do with three and a half receptions. He did beat Denzel Ward in the state of Ohio high school track championship, 100 meter dash. That to me is fucking insanity. So, you know, he's, he's the one guy on the team that's like as fast as Kyler. So that's fine. And then for the Patriots, man, good luck figuring it out. I think that probably what like Jacoby Myers probably has a bounce back, but I'm just, I'm kind of staying away from this one. And for that reason, I think a lot of people might stay away from it. For that reason, it could be a great tournament play. All right. On to the afternoon games. We have three of them. We'll fire through here. We have the um, and the, I don't, I'm not gonna have anything to say about. The, I have no I have no interest in the in the 49ers at the Rams. I don't know I don't know what to. I don't know what to. Um, I don't know what to do about this. Hold on. So per sources, Broncos pulled all three quarterbacks, Locke, Rippin, and Bortles from practice today. And sent home out of contact tracing concerns with Jeff Driscoll. God damn this. All right. So unclear whether precaution or availability for game tomorrow is uncertain. If the the availabilities for the game tomorrow is uncertain, like there's going to be no use in even talking about the fucking Denver game either. This fucking COVID dude, it's, 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 it's tilting, man. Um, so I don't care about San Francisco Rams. I'd be interested to hear if any of you guys like it. Like, is there a play you like in this? I don't know if Brandon Ayuk's going to play. Debo Samuel looks like he's coming back. But it's like Nick Mullins, Jared Goff versus these guys doesn't seem like a doesn't seem like an ideal matchup for me. I think I like I think I like the Rams best. Uh, the Rams defense. I like the Rams defense here. I'm not gonna. I'm just. There are too many other. There are too many other spots. That this is the, this this NFC West afternoon snoozer is not one that I'm going to be not I'm not the 49ers play golf hard like I'm not I don't want to play this one New Orleans at Denver it's like we don't even need to talk about that at this point I so so let's read the exact report it was all three quarterbacks have been sent home for contact tracing concerns due to Jeff Driscoll. If all three quarterbacks, so I guess I guess Jeff Driscoll tested positive, so he's out. If all three of those guys are sent home for contact tracing concerns, what do you even do? I don't even know. It's unprecedented. I don't even know what you do. Uh, you, I mean, I guess move the game to Tuesday, play a Tuesday night doubleheader, or like probably not after five more, five more Ravens tests. I don't... Um, I don't, I don't think, I'm not sure that game's going to happen. Maybe they could slide that game. Maybe they could slide the, the uh, Denver game in on Tuesday. We'll see. Maybe it's much to do about nothing. Royal Slayson, we had a good run. Season's almost done. See, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I'm not like, I don't think anybody's worried about these guys getting sick or, or, you know, their general health or anything like that. People are just, they're worried about the outbreak. They want to keep the outbreaks from happening just out of public health considerations. 
and they've made it this through far through the season and the, they'll make it through the season. We've had a good run and we'll keep the good run going. I just mainly get tilted about it. Cause it like, how, how, how are you supposed to, how are you supposed to try and forecast what's going to happen or plan for what's going to happen? Or, um, you know, now, uh, different things need to be recalibrated with the tools and stuff. It's, um, it's just a pain, but to me, it's like, I'm taking that game off the board. If you're interested in looking into it, I'm sure that there's a million other, you know, providers out there that have provided analysis on it. I'm not like, who, who, who are you going to play in that game anyway? And then we have the big kahuna, the big one, Kansas city at Tampa Bay, the afternoon hammer, the afternoon hammer. Will Slade says he hopes he's wrong. Well, I hope you're wrong too, dude. And I'm, pre- I'm, pre- I'm pretty, pretty, pretty sure you're wrong because people have been saying that the whole, people have been saying similar things the whole time. Um, Casey's three and a half point favorites here. This game is a 56 and a half point total. The biggest total of the week. 74% of the tickets are on the over. 94% of the money is on the over. If you can't tell, I love this. I love having the hammer. This is the one late afternoon game, the one three twenty-five p.m. game. Tyreek Hill is starting to get – he's actually starting to get volume. At the beginning of the season, you look at Tyreek Hill's profile and you say to yourself, what the hell's going on here? It's like Tyreek Hill all of a sudden is um, being used in these – you know, in these, in these weird kind of ways, he's being used, you know, they're getting the ball underneath, they're getting the ball in slants, like they're getting them all this, all this stuff. It's like, they're not going deep to him. They're not doing any of this stuff. The last uh, three of the last four games, he's gotten at least 10 targets Two uh, in week nine. He got 18 targets versus Carolina. He got 14 targets at the Raiders. He's been racking up uh, fantasy points. He's been, and just, he's been a, He's been a touchdown scoring machine, but that's the thing. He'd been living on touchdowns before. Now he's actually getting the volume. So I love Tyreek Hill. I love Patrick Mahomes. I like, I know that Tampa Bay is a bad matchup. I get it. Like it's, it's, it's not a good matchup, but they, I believe me check real quick. Is Jamel Dean out? I think Jamel Dean is out. Somebody on, somebody on chat knows one way or the other. If Jamel Dean is out, let me know while I'm checking to save us some time here. But if nobody knows, I will look and I will see. Jamel Dean is out with a concussion. So that's the that's the speed element of the Bucks defense. Uh, look, it's a tough, it's a tough matchup, you know, but the speed element and coverage is certainly Jamel Dean. He's a 4-2 guy. Uh, this sets up for for well for Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey, I'm probably going to play a little bit less of him than I will play Tyreek Hill in these stacks. But, um, okay, more news on the Broncos here. We'll talk about it in a sec. Um, just because I'm playing a lot of Darren Waller. But this is almost a week where I think I can play two of these guys. In my Chiefs stacks, I might just pay – Six K for Darren Waller and play him in my flex or some you know something like that. So actually, I would I would want to play Kelsey in the flex just for so I could keep open swap optionality at the flex because Kelsey would be playing later. Um, 
But yeah, no interest in Clyde, no interest in Le'Veon Bell. No, like I want this passing game on the KC side. And before we talk about the Bucks, so the NFL review tape of Drew Locke, Brett Rippon, Blake Bortles interaction with Jeff Driscoll from Wednesday. Driscoll has zero symptoms, but tested positive on Thursday. To be clear, NFL pulled Locke, Rippon, Bortles from practice on Saturday, still working through it. So we'll see what happens with that. On the Bucs side, man, it feels like a crapshoot, right? I mean, what do you do? I mean, if you're going to play Tom Brady, who do you pair him with? If you're going to be doing a bring back here, who do you bring it back with? If you look at the matchup tool, um, let's see. On the matchup tool, so this uh, matchup for KC, it, it's you know it's it's a it's the much worse for opposing running backs than it is for opposing wide receivers or opposing tight end. We're talking about the number fifty, so very middling matchups for opposing wideouts and opposing tight ends. If you're looking at Tampa Bay's matchups with KC, it's a much better matchup for opposing running backs than is anybody else. But can you really see this game? going in a way where Ronald Jones scores a bunch of touchdowns and all of a sudden Pratchett Mahomes is having to like play catch up or something like that doesn't seem realistic to me. And it seems like a game where we'll be back and forth. It seems like a game that will be a shootout. It seems like a game that um, on one side, the pieces are pretty easy to pick out in Mahomes, Kelsey and Hill. That's why I'm a little bit more interested in that side. And it's a little bit tougher for me to figure out on the other side, whether it's whether it is Antonio Brown, whether it is Mike Evans, whether it is Chris Godwin, or whether it is the the passing game at all, could it be the running game? Could it be Ronald Jones? A weird Leonard Fournette game. Those are all things we'll have to figure out. And between now and tomorrow morning, I wish you guys the best of luck, man. 